2: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com.
0: There's a great opportunity every last preseason game. Every year that I've been here, there's things that have changed in that last preseason game that have kind of told us one thing or another, or maybe injuries. Not only for you know our team, but you know there's guys I think that have done things in that last preseason game that have ended up on other teams just because of their. Performances. So, and there's certainly guys that, you know, that we've gone out and gotten from other teams on the, because of that last preseason game. That's Brian Gudekunst over Roxette. This is the Wendy's Big Shaw, 1057 FM, the fan. 1057 FM, the fan.com. You can also get us on 1250 AM in the radio.com app. Joining us now up in Green Bay, 1265, it's Mike Clemens on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Mike, right there, he talks about, Brian Gutekunst, Packers general manager, talks about guys that can make a case for themselves in this last preseason game. The one that I remember is, is like you said, James Crawford last year on special teams making that impact and making the team.
2: Yeah, that's an excellent example. There's other guys that flash in camp, and then they don't make it. Like, remember Vic Soto? Mm-hmm. Like a, a linebacker, you know, he's here, and then and then he flashed out and those kinds of things. I think there's guys that start has started a strong start to this camp that uh, Danny Vitale, the fullback. I mean, boy, you thought he was, he was a shoe in two weeks into camp. Then he misses two weeks of camp with a calf injury and he's not messing around, you know, after his experience with the Browns, it's like he knows he's got to get some time in this game tonight to show he can do tonight what he did at the start of camp.
0: Mike, for you, if it comes down to it, how are they able to do this on the offensive side? Because they they know that they're going to have to make a decision there at, at left guard. How are you going to cut Lane Taylor for just $3 million?
2: Well, you know, like we talked about the other day, too, I think that, you know, you've got such a gift at experience and offensive line, and that's one of the things that, you know, I've always been told is so important. And, and you can't I can't believe you've gone from um, Chad Clifton and Mark Tauscher for 10 years, and now you've almost had Balaga and... The best in the business with David Bakhtiari, left tackle, mm-hmm. uh, at those guys, and you got Corey Lindsley in his third or fourth year. You and then you bring in experience with Billy Turner with 65 games out of Denver. Now, uh, you know what? Am I, what am I missing? So you bench Lane Taylor and you bring in Elton Jenkins to start start the rookie. So you and you still got Justin McRae. So all those guys would have two three years of experience, and that would be a tremendous offensive line, but people say, uh, no, you're nuts. They're not going to pay a guy $3 million to be a backup. Well, you know, Brian Balaga, I mean, that can happen. That knee can go out at any time. And so, I, you know, I think that would be a shame to lose that core of guys on the offensive line. But I'll tell you what, I in this coaching staff, every time you just bring up the topic of offensive line, they find a way to slip in the name Elton Jenkins, the rookie, uh, and a left guard. Every chance they get, and I'm beginning to wonder, since they've you know kicked us out of practice the last couple of weeks, so we don't actually know when they get to the team drills, who who the starters are, who's running with the first team. Is this might be a little bit of a shell game that they're playing for the Bears? You know, have because we're guessing this much, and we see them every day. That's also got to make Chuck Pagano got to wonder what the hell are they going to do at left guard against us opening night.
0: That that's a great question because like Leroy and I have been talking about all afternoon. I do not want to see a second round pick having to line up against Akeem Hicks, no. one of the best defensive linemen in all of football, for his first NFL regular season snap.
2: No, and then of course the big thing that everybody can focus on and, and is can Tim Boyle continue, uh, you know, what mm-hmm. his success that he's had over Deshaun Kaiser. And the reason that Deshaun Kaiser they still they're almost defensive of Deshaun Kaiser is because he's the better athlete. He's got the number two arm in camp. It's just that he's back there and he gets to the line and the ball snapped and he's looking and he either starts to run too early uh, or, you know, he just – he's a smart kid, but he almost seems to overthink it. Um, I don't know if you heard some of his comments earlier on the show today. Yeah, it was yeah. great stuff. Yeah, you know, and so that's the point I make. it where Boyle is just – you know, he's got the third-best arm in camp, but he just gets it done. You know, he just seems to react mm-hmm. to the play and move the ball down the field. So then you talk to the quarterback coach, to Luke Getzing and say, well, look, Tim Boyle has outscored Deshaun Kaiser
0: 45-10 to in the preseason. I mean, isn't this a done deal? It's an everyday evaluation, and whether it's the way they handle themselves in a the meeting, whether, they, whether the way they handle themselves in practice, it's hard to compare apples to apples within a preseason game when you're playing with different people and you're playing against different people. But that still is part of it because there's still that element of getting a play call and going and executing a play call. So there's no doubt that that's a part of the evaluation. That's a long-winded answer for saying, wow. yeah, we, we, we know, but we des- maybe don't know.
2: Right. So then the other thing, talking about offense tonight, um, Dexter Williams, draft yep. pick, I think he's uh, he's on the bubble. He's got to beat Trey Carson, who's just been more consistent, running with the football. Um, and now they have to project, well, if we keep the kid that, that we picked in the draft, you know, how much longer are we going to have to wait where he's going to do, do a better job of picking up the offense and pass protection? Or will Vitaly be healthy enough at the fullback position so mm-hmm. if we're doing 21 personnel, We've got that guy. And then, of course, they'll know what everyone will enjoy tonight is what's going to happen at wide receivers. Do they keep six of them? Yeah. Do they keep Devontae, MVS, Geronimo, Kumaro, Trevor Davis? He had to have earned a spot with, you know, that performance he had. Yep. Let me tell you about Trevor Davis, too. Now, Lafleur told us the day after the Raiders game, when they got back from Winnipeg, he said, you know, I've made some mistakes. This is stuff that Rogers has talked about. He goes, I, I called a form, I called a play last night in Winnipeg, and I got a formation wrong, and so he said, Tim Boyle, you know, he puts his, he cups his hands over his helmet to hear it. He got it. He got to the line, and then he realized I'd made the mistake. So he said he changed the guys. He made them switch at the line because he knew he knew what I intended. It's just I gave him the wrong words. The quarterback Tim Boyle made the correction. And he ended up getting a first down with Trevor Davis on an 11-yard pass. I mean, that's the kind of stuff you're looking for. Uh, And uh, so, you know, Trevor helped his case, obviously, with his performance this camp. Does that mean Darius Shepard is out? Because he'd be the seventh one. Equinemia St. Brown has got the high ankle sprain right now. I don't see how Jamon Moore gets back into the conversation. And I don't think Alan Lazard, number 13, 6'5", is going to be in the game tonight. But he's made a solid case that... You know, he takes Jamon Moore's spot in that receiver core.
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, if people haven't heard your one on one interview with Shepard, it was amazing. I mean, all your interviews, the one on ones, not with all the media around, the ones you and the player, they are spectacular because you can learn a lot about these guys' thinking. But, Mike, let me ask you this. Go back in the 90s, I'd say, well, 80s too. Normally, a draft pick would get really first right refusal to get more looks than an undrafted guy. Maybe that's what's going on with Deshaun Kaiser because they said, well, you know, it's a second-round pick. We traded for him, for Demaris Randall. We're going to stick it because it'll make us look bad. I mean, or you know what? We can't cut a guy like Jamon Moore. It's a draft pick. We can't cut, a, you know, well, they just cut a second-round pick. So do you think that's going out of the window now that they'll just cut you in the, regardless of where you were drafted? If they need that spot, the best man will win.
2: I think they're following Bill Belichick's lead, LaRoy. Uh, you know, this guy, he admits he makes mistakes in the draft, too, and he throws them out. He doesn't worry about it. It's it's about right. the wins. It's about the wins. Absolutely. And you'd, you know, you better not be worried about, oh, God, I look bad, you know, making picks or so. On <laughs> the way up, I was talking to uh, John Dodds. He does stats, you know, for the network and stuff. And I, I said, you know, this Tim Boyle, he's got a little bit of Matt Hasselbeck in, in him. And I told people Matt Hasselbeck could be a starter, and people said, "Oh, come on, you because know, they saw him play in the fourth quarter in the preseason. I said, "Have you talked to this kid? How smart he is!" Yep. And I was right about that. And you know that the Packers, when they traded, when they traded for Matt Hasselbeck, they gave up a draft pick. And and you know who Mike Sherman went out and got? Jamal Reynolds. Mm, yep. That's uh-huh. what you got for Matt Hasselbeck, Jamal Reynolds. Mike, one of their is, biggest draft
0: busts. Is is it puzzling to you with the Reggie Gilbert? trade yesterday that you were able to get a seventh-round pick for a guy that two years ago went undrafted, and then you brought on and and had to fight for him to make the roster at the 53. You keep him for two years, you you can trade him for a seventh-round pick, but you couldn't get anything for a former pro bowler in Mike Daniels or Josh Jones, a second-round pick? Isn't that weird? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the thing about it, too, is that, and
2: and by the way, too, Reggie Gilbert, you know, that's pending physical because he's missed about 10 days or so with a knee injury. Um, okay. As well, so so you know oh, that's, that's kind nice of idea. up in the air. Um, you know, Reggie too is is a guy who definitely flashed uh, two years ago, and then you know, Patton just didn't use him that much, and yet he had like the highest percentage of every time he did get in the game last year, he had the highest percentage of of coming up with a tackle on the play. Um, but but you know he he they're so stacked now with what they spent in free agency at that position. Yeah. And I you know Kyler Fackrell might be bringing up the end of that. And there's a there's this Ramsey kid too, Randy Ramsey. Mm-hmm. He might he might have an outside chance of that or practice squad. So I think that that's what you know Goody must have been thinking about. And I also know the Titans had a shortage of that position, so that's why they're willing to give up something in order to get uh, Reggie Gilbert. So that's a pretty good deal for them. I, I was I was beginning to think though. You know, that if Reggie Gilbert was getting a little bit of that J. Ron Elliott disease. Yeah. Oh yeah. How come you flashed for a year and a half and, and now you're here in your third year and you're just sort of there? Now Ron ended yeah,
1: up some time with the
2: cowboys, yeah, but it's like they just they just kind of fall out of formation sometimes.
0: Mike, final thing for you, is my man Kadar Holman on this football team?
2: Yeah, I think he makes it. Yeah. Perfect. Good. Yeah, makes too many plays and all that. And, I, you know, I think it's going to be Tony Brown out there, man. He's going to be out there with yep. some of these guys. And, um, you know, they've. I think they're good at there. And, and you know what, Leroy, you talk about that, that thing about, boy, we don't want to embarrass ourselves so with a high draft pick. Yep. The next one I list to go is Kevin King. Mm. I mean, he's, he's could, got to bring it around.
0: Could that happen, Mike, before the trade deadline this year?
2: You know, that's tough to say. I, I'm sure they want to get him on the field one more time to just see. You know, uh, of all the things that have happened during the Ted Thompson era, there's only a few, really a handful of players that you say, wow, that guy actually had a pretty good career. Mm-hmm. Monte Leach. I yeah. Know, he was a, I know he's a tough-nosed fullback. but No they, doubt. They moved on from him. Well, he went out and played for the Ravens, got a Super Bowl ring. Yep. And But there's not too many other players. Will Blackman, boy, they waited and they waited for him. and He ended up returning punch for the Giants and got a Super Bowl ring. Uh, he will was gosh. If he hadn't had those foot injuries, he was like Charles Woodson Jr. He could do everything. He could play receiver, corner, very smart, you know. But I, I understood they did that. I also understood when they moved on from Casey Hayward. It just it, it didn't look like, wow, this kid's ever going to come around. Well, now they regret that move. So maybe that's one thing that's in the back of their mind when they're thinking about. it. What doing.
1: about Mason Crosby, real quick? You think they ever move on from him and Lane I, Taylor?
2: Uh, yeah, they man, they they've. Maybe they hold on to two kickers until they play the Bears. That's what I said. They probably will. They're big on the Sam Ficken kid, Lori. I mean, when he kicked that 63-yarder, Mason's calf suddenly felt better and he's out on the practice field the next (laughs) 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 day.
0: Mike, appreciate it, man. We'll hear all the great stuff tomorrow, all right? Thank you, Big Show. That's Mike Clemens, Mike Clemens NFL on Twitter where you want to follow him. He really is. And the best part about Mike is, during the games that I like is when you follow him on Twitter because yeah. Leroy, you know this on Twitter. Like yeah. all the dudes up there in the press box, because that's uh, where all the cool kids sit. Just right. ask him. So when when they're up there, you see thirty seven go down. Thirty seven. Josh Jackson has just been injured. Yeah. Seventy five guys yeah. tweet it. Yeah. He gets. He walks off the field. Josh Jackson watched walked off on his own power. Seventy five guys tweeted. Mike Clemens will say something like. You know, that brings number 36, Kadar Holman, into the nickelback spot. Watch him. He'll be on the field next. It gives you the insight instead of just, hey. Don't state the obvious. Right. Awesome. Thanks, Captain Obvious. I am actually watching watching the the game. game.
2: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.